On today's show, I catch up with someone who currently sits seventh on the all-time games played list here at the club. Having played on some of the best key forwards in the modern game, he's one of the most consistent players to have pulled on the red and white. Heath is a father of two who has embraced all things that comes with the challenges and joys of fatherhood. A stalwart at the Sydney Swans, I hope you enjoy the chat with Heath Grundy. Originally from the Norwood Football Club in South Australia, you'll find this guy wrestling the opposition's gorillas in the last line of defence. He's also the uh, self-proclaimed king of the prank call amongst the club. Heath Grundy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Sinks. It's good to be here, mate. Beautiful, mate. Who is your uh, best prank call? Um, You've done a handful. I've done a few of late um, yeah. with you alongside me, but I got quite a, quite a good, quite a bit of enjoyment out of um, the one I got, got you with, mate. So that was quite <laughs> enjoyable. Maybe you explain that to the to the listeners. Yeah, we uh, we made a few prank calls on the Friday morning at training, and um, you were obviously pretty confident about yourself and, and thought <laughs> that you'd never get done. And then a couple of hours later, when I got home, got a mate to give you a buzz and. Um, pretend you're one of the gps staff from training <laughs> didn't collect all your data and uh, you bit onto that pretty quickly and um got you beautifully i did too can you maybe touch base on the the jeremy ladler one i thought that was probably the best you've done actually for my for my, my yeah side. actually that was yeah that was probably that was the early days um jeremy ladler had just bought a uh, bought a new place and we were, <laughs> we were uh, picking our brains of how we could get get jeremy and he, that day he'd mentioned he'd just uh Confirms, confirmed a purchase on a new house in Maroubra and um, so we thought we'd uh, I've got a mate outside of footy who's uh, he quite quite enjoys a prank call as well and I said um, maybe just pretend you're the, uh, the real estate agent and, and tell him the finances sort of has bounced and um, <laughs> things aren't going to go through and <laughs> poor old Jeremy was onto the onto the agent before we'd finished hanging up and was, um, wasn't too happy the big fella nor was his wife <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't the um and the fact that we recorded it on the phone and sent it through to me was pretty pretty disappointed. Wasn't <laughs> um, the best part? It was his reaction when he says, "Oh, I'm just disgusted. <laughs> I am absolutely disgusted." Well, we thought actually Jeremy would be a, um would fire up. That was that was the key to sort of choosing him was that he would be the type to uh, get a bit wound up and fire up and. He did pretty well to bite his tongue, but um, <laughs> he was disgusted at, at the end. I think you used the cooling off period. There was a cooling off period, Jeremy, so unfortunately the finances fell through. No. What do the kids think when you're doing stuff like that around the house? Yeah, I think uh, the wife gets a bit frustrated at times because um, <laughs> my, uh, my mate's got a couple of kids as well and they, they normally bring the kids over or we go over their place and um, me and my mate normally duck off for an hour or two to make some prank calls and leave the wives hanging with the kids. So... Um, yeah, it's probably uh, probably pretty immature, to be honest. Fair enough, mate. Well, I just want to say thanks for your time, and I've been uh, looking forward to the to doing this podcast with you, mate, for some time. But if we touch on the two young boys, mate, balancing family life and footy life, I could imagine it's very different from the start of your career to what it is now. Um, is it a tough thing? Is it an enjoyable thing? Yeah, no. I, do you absolutely hate it? <laughs> can't stand it. No, yeah. I've, I do really enjoy it. It's something um, you can never really prepare for, I suppose, but... Um, Absolutely um, love having the two boys. It's been a been an incredible journey so far. They're only just over three and just turned one, so it's been um, you know it's, it, like parenting. Any time it has its challenges, but um, I've absolutely loved it. They're, they're great kids, and um, you know, Lee has been been pretty supportive in the way that I can still go about my footy and um, and do what I need to do, but also um, she can 
carry a bit more weight with the kids, so it's been it's been uh, it's been pretty good by her too. So your three year old's Reg. Yep, Reggie. And Reggie. Yep. And the, your other youngest is Jamison. Jamison. Yep. So does, does Reg know what you're doing now? Like, is he pretty confident in know what you're doing for a job and things like that? Because I did see him come to the open session we had the other week. Yeah, it's he's actually around the field. You get telling the piss off. Yeah, he uh, yeah. he um he's sort of at that age now where he's, he kind of gets it. He doesn't fully get it, but he um you know every morning he's like, "Oh, Dad, where are you going? You off to football again? Um, all that sort of stuff." So, or I put my put my gear on or all my game day stuff to go go to a game and he, he gets the colours and understands what's going on so hmm. um, yeah that's a, that's a really good age when they can come to the footy and, and sort of get it and sort of understand what you're doing yeah unreal and what about Reggie mate do you think he's going to put on the footy boots I, I know it's probably hard to say at this young age but do you think he'll uh, is he showing any interest yeah it's an interesting he, one uh, enrol him in the academy <laughs> we'll lock him in now but um, yeah I'm not too sure he's uh, he's He's not a massive lover of the ball. I think I was a big lover of the footy and the ball and that from a really young age. Um, our youngest, Jamison, he's only one, but he's had his eyes set on the ball since since day dot. You can just see him, he wants to get after the ball and stuff, whereas Reggie yeah. likes to play trains and Lego and build and stuff. So who knows? Who knows? Um, as he gets older, he might, might uh, get into a bit more, but you just don't. Yeah, it's only early days. And you mentioned your wife, Elise. Um, I don't want to get too personal with you, Reg, but I'd like to know. Uh, I've met Elise a few times, and absolutely lovely woman. Um, she's been nothing but nice to me. But where did you meet your wife? Yeah, that's... and, and you're, you're, you're not a spring chicken anymore. So it would be before the Tinder days. Yeah, it was uh, before the Tinder days. Yeah. Um, so I'm not familiar with those modern modern uh, technologies. But um, well, I hope you're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I met her at. Uh, North Point IRSL actually and uh, I think it was a Sunday afternoon right. just having a few quiet beers and she was there with a friend so yep. um, yeah just got it done any more any <laughs> okay any more else to the, to the story mate like um, you know where'd you take her on, on, on your first date um, that's a good question actually uh, Nielsen's Park actually went for a coffee up on the harbour there oh right um, and a swim how yeah, lovely um where else did we go? Uh, down Clive Valley, just yeah, just the usual cafe, cafe runs and and stuff. Well, mate, it's it's a, it's a lot better than where I met my partner. I met her in Kings Cross, so um, <laughs> that's obviously a bit of an issue. But I will admit to you, Reg, when I first came to the club, um, almost four years ago now, I, yeah. I, I did see um, one of the um, one of the partners come to the game, and, and I was quite shocked when I saw her to realise she was dating you. <laughs> so we're not dating. Can you elaborate on that? Can you elaborate on that? Well, she's very lovely, beautiful woman, and, and you're you're you know you're a gorilla in defence, <laughs> a hard, hardened criminal. I absolutely love the way that you go about your footy, and I uh, think you you definitely set the example for the boys around uh, preparation, getting the most out of your career, being extremely diligent, you know, with your body and and and, and working on your game. How does that kind of relate to parenting like what kind of lessons have you learnt from a from a footy career that you take into into parenting as um, you know a lot of the boys at this club don't have kids and you're one of the few that do so I'm going to take some notes <laughs> oh is that a sign no oh god <laughs> catch out of the bag um, yeah good question um, what do I take out of footy into my parenting or what have I learnt to pass on to the boys um, tough love would be one for you I reckon respectfully saying yeah, I don't. Yeah, I like to just. I think it's good for the good for the boys to sort of know what's right and wrong and and those sorts of things. And um, 
give them, uh, give them, you know, pretty clear instructions on what's what's right and what's not wrong. Well, what's what's right and what's wrong, I guess. Um, if that makes sense, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I, um, what else sort of? I, I really try and when I get home from footy, try and switch off from footy now, which I used to not be able to do, and and put my time to the kids 100. percent If I'm playing with them, and I try and make that time with them um, as much as I can, and try and engage with them in that moment. Um, I feel that's really important. Mm. Um, I think, um, yeah, I think being present with them and knowing that they know that I'm present in that moment with them is really important, um, yep. which I, I suppose correlates a bit from footy as well, that, you know, you've got to be in the moment and play. And I don't know if that makes sense at all. but <laughs> No, surely at times you must struggle with that, though. Like, footy's a pretty demanding game. And let's be honest, your role in the team, you're playing every week, you're probably going to play on the, the opposition's best key forward. And... Um, you know, the team does rely on you and your role, so it, it may it would be tough. Yeah, it is. I think the hardest one is probably game day. I guess that's the the biggest change. I reckon when you have kids, is you know you're playing a night game at home, and you know you're used to just preparing how you need to and do what you do. But um, the boys don't initially don't really know what you're doing or what you're, what you're up to that that well, day so they that, don't care. yeah they, yeah. they don't care that you're playing footy that night so yeah. um, that's the biggest adjustment I think um, being able to just be present with them when you need to be and then as soon as you leave home you you, you sort of switch on and, and get into it but um, that's what I've probably tried to take into parenting a little bit fair enough mate and obviously last year you had one of your newborns Jamison had some um, had some sleeping difficulties and maybe you could just like elaborate on Probably the difficulties, difficulties you you found that not only just from day to day life, but you have, you have to come into this footy club and it's, it's a high performing environment, and to make things more difficult, yeah, right in the middle of a season. Yeah, well, we had Jamison pretty well, um, pretty close to round one, so that was sort of going to be a little bit of a challenge, at, you know, with a newborn and, and stuff as it was, and um, I was sort of prepared a little bit for that, but then you can't prepare um, for the unknown, so he was. He was um, he was sort of restless from day one with reflux and things for a good eight months. So that was um, he was up pretty much nineteen or twenty hours a day with broken sleep for the last three or four hours. So um, it made it pretty hard on on Elise and and me. And I, I was probably um, as much as I thought I was trying to help Elise. I was by trying to get up and do things and try and be the be the dad that you want to be. Um, you know, both of us being tired wasn't wasn't helpful and. Um, so yeah, that that made it extremely difficult to be able to um, get up for games and and train and sort of after probably two months of two or three months of trying to trying to do that and play footy and that just got all a bit hard and um, just sort of had to take some time off and um, yeah, sort of catch up on a bit and get get a few things sorted. What was training and game day like? Like surely game day would have been a would have been a yeah. I think you've admittedly said that it was it's tough anyway. Yeah, but with tough sleep, no sleep throughout the week. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Must have felt even worse. Yeah. Well, it got to the stage where I couldn't actually get to sleep because I was that anxious and yeah, and stuff. Right. So it was um, the fact that I was still tired. I couldn't actually. I got to a stage where I actually couldn't get to get to sleep because I was so wound up and and anxious from it all that um, it created like a reversing pattern in a way. So um, yeah, it was was definitely a challenge. Definitely. And um, look, I think during that period, if I could just um, 
address a little pet issue I had with you. Um, <laughs> Here we go. I'm really sorry um, that we've gone off topic, but there was a training session last year um, in which you and me played on each other. Yep. Um, which I, you know, we've played each other a fair bit um, in trains and things like that. Yep. Um, so just for the listeners, I'm just going to paint a quick little picture um, of what happened. I've let out for the ball. Yep. And the ball's been kicked to me. <coughs> and you have roundhoused me from you have roundhoused me and collected me so you'd admit it was clearly going to be a free kick in the game you, you, can you clearly admit that you roundhoused me you roundhoused me intentionally I wouldn't say it was a roundhouse I'd well for the listeners <laughs> just when we get we'll, we'll put this vision up on the Instagram page but I just want to so yeah, you're, you're telling me that it wasn't a roundhouse <laughs> oh, it's just an aggressive spoil an aggressive spoil in a, round- in a roundish way in a roundish way <laughs> Now, my argument is that if you were playing on Buddy Franklin at the time, yep. you wouldn't have done that. Uh, we've had some heated discussions about yeah, this. And I'm very passionate about this topic. And yeah. We're still mates, and it's fine. But my argument to you is, if you were playing on Buddy Franklin, you would not have done that. My argument was that... I train like I play, so uh, I, should, I probably wouldn't have done that in a game otherwise I would have got a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, one tick on my side, exactly right. Yeah, it uh, might have been a little bit aggressive, but um, yeah, I'll. we can talk about this at another stage, can't we? <laughs> well, Off mic. Anyway, we might, what's the thing on Instagram when you can choose like... Yes, yes or no. no. Yes, we might do one I of think them it's... in the lead up to uh, when this goes to air. Yeah, I think you should. But um, mate, I want to touch a bit on, on your, um, your, your, wider, your wider family network. Yep. I know you've grown up in um, South Australia, but what was growing up like for you? Who's part of your family? Um, pretty normal childhood down down in uh, Adelaide, just in the suburbs, um, out Teacher Gullyway, not far from Daniel Menzel actually. Um, so grew up down there, played played junior footy at Mobbury Hawks, and a uh, bit of represented bit of um, bit of rep footy and stuff like that, and and things, and then bit of state footy growing up. Um, I got a got an older sister and obviously mum and dad and what do your parents do mum is a nurse in aged care and dad's retired now actually so oh what's yeah. the old man's name michael michael what well on michael <laughs> <laughs> fair enough and you got a sister what's she do uh she's a legal secretary in, in adelaide they're, they're all still in adelaide um yeah so all's good big footy family um dad played a bit growing up um I've got all female cousins and and things, so I don't know, but not too many uh, male f- cousins and things playing footy. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, unreal. What about your pathway to football, mate? Like coming on to a rookie list, it's very very difficult, and you've knocked up two hundred and fifty games. So talk to me about your first couple of years. It'd be a pretty tough club to come to, and and to one get a game. Yeah, well, I missed a couple of drafts initially. Uh, missed two two drafts, um, so I ended up playing SNFL, SNFL league footy mm. at Nord for for twelve months, which was um, initially disappointing not getting drafted. But I think it was was really beneficial in a way as well that I could get another another year of league footy under my belt and, um, and just enjoy my footy. And um, then, then then to come to Sydney, I probably wasn't um, expecting to get rookie listed. I sort of missed the draft again and. And then um, got rookie listed, so I was pretty overwhelmed and, and shocked at at the start, to be honest. And um, certainly didn't want to move move into state and things like that. But um, mum mum pushed me along, and 
um, I thank her now for that. Um, that was a big turning point in my life and um, been up here since. Well, I think everyone from the from the Sydney Swans that known you as a defender your entire career, but you literally started at the other end of the ground. So I want to know how, how and who made that change. How did that all come about? Yeah, well, I think Rusey drafted me or rookie listed me as a forward, and um, I played both ends of the ground like most players my size growing up, and I played forward in the in the twos up here for for two or three years, and with a couple of retirements of. Leo and Craig and um, and guys like that, a spot down back opened up. And I, although I, I played probably twenty or thirty odd games up forward at the start of my career, um, a space opened up down back, and and Ruzie chucked me down there, and um, I've been down there since really. Have <laughs> <laughs> well, we gone? Well, you kicked a goal last year. You snuck forward and uh, yeah, I did actually. I did. Uh, yep. Nice little tick lead. Yeah, uh, just got a little, little hook lead there, mate. <laughs> got on the end of it. Um, do you miss playing forward? Uh, oh, it's nice to go. To, I should get a bit because it's been so long. I actually get get confused what I'm doing, so I should yeah. start following my bloke around. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, in a weird way, it's kind of become that now. Well, it actually yeah, has yeah, yeah. it's become that now. It, it, and and defence yeah. is going the other way. So exactly it's right. Um, yeah, it is actually Ford's almost more of a defensive role, nearly. Yeah, but um, yeah, so not. Now you said you missed two drafts. You've. I'd like to know. The self doubt kicking your mind during that period. Um, like was it was it was it a really driving passion that you thought I've got to get drafted, or was it kind of just like for you, oh, if it happens, it happens. Yeah, I was probably more the if it happens, it happens. I guess I, um, I was actually after I missed my first draft, I was kind of along the lines of I'll go finish school, um, go get a trade or or something like that, like the rest of my mates, and mm. head down that path and um, and. My parents, I think, saw the, you know, the potential I might have had in in my footy, and and said, "Why don't you have another have another year at Nord and play some league footy and, and just see what happens?" Yeah. So that's what I did, and um, yeah, I, I guess I when I when, the things I needed in my draft, I didn't have a lot of speed, and you know, my my testing wasn't great, and, um, and things like that. So you know, that a lot of a lot of clubs would say, you know, you're not fast enough, you fit enough you don't do this you don't you don't have that so um i just went back and played footy and sort of let that do the talking i suppose mm. when did you play your first game how long did you have to wait second so rookie rookie listed so i was on the rookie list for my first year then got upgraded in my second year in 06 and then played round 15 or 16 against richmond out out of the scg you have to wait a fair bit for your crack of it yeah, so it was a little while, yeah. 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 And what about a light bulb moment? So a light bulb moment you know, in a game or is there a certain um, moment that you could think of like I can actually make this I can actually make this a long long career for myself? Probably when I went down back actually. Probably I can't pinpoint one moment but um I'd sort of played forward a bit and um I think when I went down back I just felt quite settled from from day dot. I felt quite comfortable and settled and um, knew I could play there. I don't know what the differences were, but it kind of kind of fitted fitted my mould. I could just read the footy a bit more, and um, yeah, probably probably that moment. I reckon when I started to string a few games down back and play well, and mm. felt part of the team. Well, you've definitely strung a fair few games together, mate. But you played over two fifty, so I'm assuming 
we've got a lot of young kids listening to the podcast, mate. <laughs> so, what does it take to play 250 games at the at elite AFL level and play them consistently? Because you've been a bloody good footballer. Um, yeah, good. Uh, what does it take? I think you've got to have a certain amount of luck along the way, um, as in injuries and and things like that. Although I had a slow start to my careers in playing, playing, not playing early. Once I got got in the team, I've been able to play consistently for a long time without missing too many games. So that that obviously obviously helps um, without injuries and things like that. Um, what else was there? Um, I think you're going to have ups and downs along the way, so you got to try and manage the game mentally as as much as physically. So I think that's important to be able to manage manage your mental side of things week to week and year to year, and, and find find ways to improve and um, challenge yourself along the way as well, which I think plays a big part too on that mental stuff I've got a note here I wanted to ask you about about game day nerves you know yep. I'm, I'm, I get them just as uh, probably worse than anyone but uh, you get to play on the I think I mentioned before the opposition's key players um, what, is, what is game day look like for you yeah. so what let's just it? say like you're coming up against uh, well, you played against Buddy before he um, obviously came to the Swans like, what do you think in that day um if I get a feeling at your stage of your career, I reckon guys are thinking, I've got Heath Grundy today. Yeah, I don't He's know about good. that. <laughs> um, yeah, I... It obviously play Like, you can... Depending on your opponents and things, it, your, your anxiety levels or your or your stresses before a game can can vary, sort of... You know, if you, if you know you got... You know, you're playing on Buddy a few weeks ahead, it can sort of... You can start to think about that a few weeks in earlier or, or whatnot, but um, yeah, I think for me, you can only control the controllables. I know that sounds a bit cliche and stuff. <laughs> we don't we don't talk in cliches <laughs> in the podcast, mate. <laughs> so I don't, yeah, I think once it's actually worse a few days out for me, I reckon, than actual yeah. game day. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but have I? I don't think I've answered your question, have I, mate? Well, why don't we just skip to the next one? Um, let's. Your toughest opponents. Let's talk about them. It's a handful of guys that you've um, you might have beaten them, but who do you who are your toughest opponents um, over your over your career? Oh, Buddy would be one of the hardest players to play on, surely. Mm. Um, why is that? Oh, he's just got everything, doesn't he? He can, he can. He's quick. He's good on good at ground level. He's good in the air. Um, you can't force him up the ground because he can still kick goals from 70. Mm. Um, and, you know, he likes the ball on the ground or, or in the air. It doesn't really really phase him. And he can turn a game within five, ten minutes. Yeah. Um, what about the early parts of your career? Um, who else is there? Do you remember your first opponent when you were, went down back? Actually, I'm trying to think. Um. Barnaby French? <laughs> <laughs> I don't be French. <laughs> nah, actually, I can't remember my first opponent, to be honest. Josh Kennedy's pretty handy at West Coast, isn't he? Yeah. You'd know him relatively well. He's Incredible been, work, right? Been, uh, been a bloody good player for a mm-hmm. long time. Um, he's He'd be up there. Jack Rewalt's pretty been a good player for a long time, hasn't he? Um, and then, obviously, Barry Hall, when he was playing, he was when he went to the Doggies, had a play on him a couple of times. He was, he was a good, good player and... What was he like to play on at training? Yeah, he was probably the... He probably still is a standout for someone that could... Once once training started, it was like a game for him. He was probably one of the best trainers I've seen. 
yeah. coming through my and, and still he's he'd train really really hard mm. we touched some touch base on what would what's Heath Grundy's biggest achievement on the footy field biggest achievement other than that roundhouse to your face um, <laughs> so he did he said you <laughs> did do it there it is uh, 20 2012 grand finals obviously always it's the cream on the cake there surely that was um, an amazing day and what keeps keeps you coming back I guess and your toughest season or your toughest toughest situation you've been in through football uh, probably last season was something new to me um, I haven't you know you have your, you have your ups and dips you're right there, mate. <laughs> Sorry, I'm burping. Um, yeah, probably last season, as I said, that was uh, where I had to put footy aside for a few weeks and uh, and put the put the family head of head of footy for a change. And Fair enough. Um, yeah, but obviously you learn from those things. And um, yeah, probably that. What does it compare? I think was it the year before that you had that real tough season physically, um, or might have been the year before that but there's a season where I think you played every game but you hardly trained um, you had an ankle I think you might have had a back as well and it just looked like from the outside that you were during the week you were the, no one talked to you no one go near you no one but game day you just seemed to just got it done and you had an, an unreal season um, was it tougher the mental stuff or was it the, the physical the physical season you had when it was just like every week you were just getting injured but you were just backing up with games uh, I think that was the year before last yeah um, yeah that last year was was tougher I think yeah. it's it's pretty hard to to play an elite sport if you're not getting much sleep um, so that was that was that's sort of what you that's your base there in this if, you, if you're not getting much sleep it's hard to do anything so mm. that, that was that was hard but the year before obviously you have your your physical things that and mentally, you push through and work through them, I guess. Um, but that's footy, and everyone sort of goes through that at different stages in their career. And I'm sure you have too, mate. Love your attitude. <laughs> Does it bother you that you're not, not that you haven't been in all Australia? Because it would bother me if I was you. <laughs> oh, um, you be honest, mate. Like you're brushing it off now, and, you, and, you, and, you, and you, I can see like you're picking your nose. A bit the, old fake, the old fake pick of your nose. You're just trying uh, to, you know. Ah. Oh. I'd prefer to play finals every year and be in a good team. Oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. You happy with that? <laughs> yeah, the old cliche answer. Um, what you, is this? Are you dirty? You haven't. Pardon? Are you dirty that you haven't? Well, mate, I, I'm not dirty because I don't think I've, I've, I've been worthy of selection. But it's tough to be in the cage every week like yourself and um, just keep backing up and backing up. But um, that's okay, mate. It's all good. It's all good. So the answer is. No, you're not annoyed by that. Well, maybe I haven't been worthy of it. Maybe you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> what is the secret to a long career? I know we touched on it a little bit earlier. Yep. But if there's one thing that you could, you know, tell a young kid that wants to play 250 games at fullback, what? What's the secret? Um, not secret, or what's one piece of advice you talk to that young guy about? From watching guys come through the club and different things, you see guys do it for a year. You know, prepare really well. Yeah. Um, play, play. You know, have one good year or a few good, 
good games of footy or a couple of good years and then you can actually see their preparation and you can actually see see their drop off in what they do I reckon if you want to be a good player for a long time you've got to just be extremely consistent and find find new ways to get better and um, and just do that for as long as you can for, the, for those listening game day or home games mm-hmm. um, you're definitely the first one dressed um, in your kit and you're the first Am one I? in the club yeah because you're always upstairs oh, yeah. doing your Pilates yeah so Reg does probably does a, does a half an hour Pilates session um, before games well how do you know you must be there too pardon I heard you didn't I I did hear you well I'm not there I, I just uh, I've gone up there and get my ankles taped and you know I've seen you on the reformer with your butt poked out and um, you know I just think um, it's a little thing but I think it's a little thing but it obviously gets you prepped in the right mindset to to tackle the gorillas mate <laughs> I think every yeah different things work for different guys and that's something I like to do before training or games and get in get in earlier and do my Pilates and bits and pieces to make sure I'm looking after me old back because <laughs> <laughs> it does frustrate me when um, when you see those players that just can just turn up and just get their 30 and they just go home and yeah I know and it's just it's I know. frustrating I don't thing. get it I reckon it's a rookie listed thing I reckon we've all got a bit of a chip on our shoulders and yeah we have to try and make us feel important somehow and yeah. it's probably not working to be honest <laughs> And it all starts on the reform machine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Reg, mate, thanks so much for your uh, for your time. You've been absolutely super as you have been your entire career, there, son. Uh, I've looking forward to thanks, playing Cal. with you again this season, and um, let's keep ticking along. Keep eh? on chipping away.